seasons during the pandemic um, that we kind of regret. Here's one of mine. So right in the middle of all the craziness of the pandemic, all the political crud was going, going on, I've got a friend in Homeland Security. Um, this individual, I'm not going to say he or she, but this individual reached out to me while I was at Aldi's and said, they're going to shut down everything. Go get your groceries now. And I'm like, well, I'm in Aldi's. It's cheap, so might as well. So instead of praying, instead of recognizing that God has always provided everything I need, trust me, I've got everything that I need. I did not pray, but I ran to the front of the building, grabbed an extra quarter that was in my pocket, and grabbed an extra grocery cart. When I got home, my beautiful wife said, I asked you to get milk. I got way more milk than I could ever need. And even to this day, um, we have a basket downstairs of food that is way past its, its expiration date that we just need to throw away. Why? Because I lived in fear of not having what I needed. needed. I did not trust God. I prepared for the worst. Now, I'm not saying if you are a, a prepper and you have like an underground bunker and, and it's all provided for, yeah, do you. I did me, and because of my fear, I'm recognizing the depravity of spending $300 that I did not need to. And I think when we get to our life, sometimes we struggle when it comes to our needs because we need food, we need clothing, and we need a house to live in to protect us from the, the elements. But when it comes to needs, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to find out today that's simply this. God is Jehovah Jireh. Everybody say Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh is a Hebrew name of God provides. God provides. It's in his DNA. It's in his character to provide for the needs that you and I have. Now, we talked about possessions last week, and then we said that possessions, life is more than possessions. So go back and listen to that, because it's vitally important. But today, we're going to be talking about life is more than our needs, our needs. Because if you're truly a believer of Jesus Christ, he's going to supply what you need with an asterisk next to it that we'll talk about in a second. So I want you to know that if pandemic number two comes, and it probably will. If political season number two comes, and it probably will. Let it be the case that we think of the community as one, not out of Republican, Democrats, or they're all dumb, whatever category that you're in, that you and I know that Jehovah Jireh, God will provide, and we need to trust in him with all of our life. Because I want you to hear this statement again. Life is more than our needs, so what should we do? We should not worry, we should have faith, and we should trust in who? Trust in God. Why? Because he is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide for our needs. How many of you guys have ever honestly struggled with um, your basic needs. You've ever, you just struggled, food, and so on and so forth. Okay, welcome to Catalyst Church. But you're still here. 
We went through trials of many kind. And I could tell you stories upon stories upon stories that it's just like we should not be here because we should have starved, but God is Jehovah, what? Jireh. Now, this is not a name and a claim. This is just a promise that he will provide. But there again, there is a little asterisk that comes to this. So let me pray, and then we're going to dive into this. And it just, I mean, you read it. It's very simple. It's a parable um, of Jesus' teaching. And I'm I just, just, the question is, are we going to believe it? You with me on that? There's a difference. You come to a church service, pastor preaches, and they're like, oh, that makes sense. You leave here, and it's just like, I need some food. I'm going to lose my house. I lost my job. We need to know that God is Jehovah, what? Jireh, he will, what? Provide. Father, in this room right here and online, I do not know the needs of the people here, but you do. So as we go through these truths, I pray that you will give us peace in the middle of the season of need, whatever that looks like, right now. But Lord, also may we hold tightly to these truths because there possibly could be a day when, when we need food, clothing, housing, the bare minimum. And may we come back to the truth today that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you provide. But may we not take that for granted as we're about to talk about. So Lord, help me to articulate this the best way I can. A very, very, very simple truth that it's very difficult for us to apply when the going gets tough. So thank for the trials of many kind that you put us through to allow us to know that you truly provide. Because life is way more important than the needs that we have. Because we can trust you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? All right, turn to your Luke journals. Um, we're on page 96. Um, and by the way, I got a message from Alicia this morning and said, do I need the Luke journal? The answer is yes. Just bring your Luke journal um, for the rest of your life because it might take that long. All right. So if you do not have a Luke journal, by the way, it looks like this. Um, if you do not have one, we pass one out free to everybody, one per person. My friend Tim is going to pass it out. So if you need one, just raise your hand nice and high. If you do not have one, it's free. Now, if you have 17 at home, Bring them back so we can give them to other people, but one per person, um, so make sure you pick up your Luke journal. So raise your hand if you need a Luke journal, and my friend Tim is going to pass it out. So I'm going to read this. Get ready to underline, circle, circle, whatever, mascara these things. Um, and so, uh, so here's the plan. Today we're going to be talking about God provides for our needs. Next week, we're going to dive a little bit more deeper into the root of this, where God, so life is more than our worry, our worry. So we're going to get to the worry, the anxiety teaching of this next week. So make sure you're here. If you, how many guys ever struggle with worry and anxiety? Raise your hand. Welcome to Catalyst Church. We're a bunch of you get worry warts, all right? Next week, you'll be encouraged, but we need to know the root of the character of God as Jehovah who? Jireh, he provides. So let me read this, and then, by the way, whenever I'm doing this, you can circle whatever God lays on your heart. You don't have to be like a good student and circle what the, there's not going to be a quiz afterwards other than life itself. All right, here we go. And he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do, what's the next word? Do not be anxious about your life. What you're going to eat about your body and what you're going to put on. 
For life is more than, underline this, for life is what? More than food, and the body more than clothing. Um, so, and then he says, verse 24, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They neither store on barns. Yet, underline this, yet God what? Feeds them. Yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? How much more valuable are we than birds? Well, a lot more than, than birds. All right, we're going to get to that. Verse 25. And which of you, by being what? Anxious, can add a single hour to your lifespan. We'll talk about that next week. If then you are not able to do as a small thing that um, they, why are you anxious about the rest? Then he said, consider the what? Lilies, consider the lilies, consider the grass, consider the creation in a sense, how they grow and neither toil nor, nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Verse 28, but if God so what? Close the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. How much what? How much more will he clothe you? Underline circle this, highlight this. O ye of little what? Faith. O ye of little faith. And do not seek what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor be what? Worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you what? He knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. And then it kind of comes to this moment. It's like, so what do we do? So what do we do instead of worry? It says, fear what? Fear not. We'll talk about this way more next week. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money, money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in heaven that does not what? That does not fail. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will be your what? Also, okay, so I've got some questions and some answers. This is going to be kind of like a little studious, but it hopefully it all makes sense. So I'm going to break this down a little bit, and I'm going to just start with what does it mean about the following? So we're going to start with number one. What does it mean in this passage for life is more than food and body more than clothes? So the question really is from the very beginning, what is more important? It's asking, is life more important than these things? And I put an answer. If you're worried about food and clothing, what's the next word? Don't. Have, has any of you ever gone without a single clothing? Like literally, whether you're homeless or poor or whatever, you still had clothes to wear, right? I mean, even for those of you who went to jail or into prison, other than probably the first 24 hours where they throw into a cell naked. Yeah, that's the 24 hours of nakedness. Not a good thing. But what do they give you even in prison? They give you clothes. 
Did God provide your clothes that you needed? Yes, even an orange jumpsuit, he's providing. Even in prison, you have food to eat, right? I mean, just think about this. No matter where you go, and this, I love this city, by the way, because there's so many opportunities for people to get food and clothing. Our food pantry. God uses our food pantry to provide for people's what? Needs. So we get to be a part of that. We used to have a whole bunch of clothing, but we ran out of room, so now we partner with Forest Hills Westian. All, all that to say is this. If you're, like it says, isn't life more important than food and your body more than clothes? The answer is what? Yes. Yes, but, as we'll talk about next week, by worrying about food and clothing, we're not adding any more time to our life. We're actually, what? Losing time of our life. Because life is more than the worry about these things. Because God will what? Provide. So just know this. What does it mean? God will provide. Next consideration is what does it mean about the ravens and the lilies? It said consider the ravens and the lilies. I mean, how many guys have ever been to one of the most beautiful places in the world and you just, wherever that place is, and you walk out and there's just, wow. God's green, plush flowers and, and everything. It's not my house, by the way. All right, flowers come to die at my house. <laughs> Literally, I love my beautiful wife. She does so well. Every night she walks outside, grabs a ladder, um, so she's up taller because she's like this tall, um, and she pours, pours water into the little... She just looked at me, so I'm not. I'm gonna look and look over here. Right, so, <laughs> so she pours water into the, the, the thing, and it's just like... She's, she's doing her best. She's doing her best. And when it's nice, it's all beautiful, all these hanging plants that she has. But yesterday, she walked up, and literally, it was like 24 hours. And she's like, they're dying. I'm doing my best. They're dying. And that's what the scripture says. Flowers come, they come, but then they get put into the oven. I mean, like literally, the beauty of it, but then it dies. But you, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, he clothes us in splendor, in clothing, and stuff like that. But we have everything that we, we need. And that's why it says, consider the, the lilies. Consider the flowers. They're beautiful, and even Solomon, in all of his splendor, could not even compare to the lilies that God has given. But then the ravens. I'm not going to ask you, because then people get upset, but how many of you guys like to shoot crows and birds and so don't raise your hand don't don't raise your hand joe put your hand down all right so all right so the crows these nuisance animals in case this case is the ravens they're just nuisance animal they're just a black bird that comes and then just like talks to you and you're like just leave me alone they're like talk 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 all throughout the bible these ravens were used for good and evil so when people needed food, God used these nuisance animals to bring food. It's just pretty cool. And then evil also, the ravens would come and, and pluck out dead bodies, uh, dead people's eyeballs and stuff like that. Read the Bible. It's, it's all in there. All that to say is, Jesus to say, consider the beauty, of the, ra the beauty of the flowers and the grass, and also consider the most terrible birds on the face of the planet. God feeds them and grows the flowers. How much more are we to God? So what should we do? Stop and take notice. So 
here's, here's a quick, quick challenge. When you're going through a place of despair, when you don't have, just walk outside. Walk outside and see the grass, see the birds flying, and knowing that the grass do not do anything by themselves. God provides. The birds, they do not have a job. They just go around and got, ooh, there's a worm. Eat. Or there's some eyeballs. I'm going to eat. You get the idea. All right? God provides. Consider how God provides. So if you today are going through just a tough time, don't go home and watch Netflix. Don't go home and do a pity party. Go outside in God's beautiful creation. And as it says, consider those things. And then it says again, how much more are you to God? And the answer is much, much more. Which goes to kind of this statement. What does it mean? How much more valuable are you? Um, more than how much more valuable are you? And how much more that he clothes you? The answer is this. God made man in his own what? It made, it, it made man in his own image, humanity in his own image. And he gave them dominion over the animals. So animals and humans are not equal. No matter what um, people believe in evolution, we are not equal. We did not come from an ape thingamabobber and we became a man. No, we're different. We're God-breathed people and we're being given the image of God. Check this verse out. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 28, it says this, And then God said, Let us make mankind, humanity, in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the what? Birds. So we rule over even the crows and the, the ravens in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals and over all creation that, that moves on the ground. So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the earth. You are more valuable than the birds, but God still feeds the, what, birds. And then it, the question is, O ye of little faith. There's the King James in me, but O you of little faith. What does that mean? Faith pleases God. So I want you to catch this. Whenever you, and we'll talk about this a lot next week, whenever you worry you don't have what? You don't have faith, which that in a sense, all of a sense, means it displeases God. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, one through six. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not what? Not, not what? Not what? Not saying you might not see how God's gonna provide your needs, but he is Jehovah Jireh, he will what? Provide. He will provide. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. If you are in this room as a Christ follower and you want to please God, then have what? Faith. Not have faith in your own doing. Not have faith in your own confidence. Like that song that we just sang, all sufficient merit is nothing that we even do to earn our own salvation. In this, we come to our creator, God, who loves us so much and says, I need help and I have faith in you. For whoever would draw near to God, must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who seek him. Two more thoughts, and then we're going to go into some practical helps. 
the question from this passage is, what does it mean to seek God's kingdom and all these things will be added to you? So right before that, it says that the world seeks after the, the worries, okay? So if you look at the world um, and the world, I mean, if you come to our food pantry, and by the way, if you want to come serve at a food pantry, we'd love to have you. We really would. But you'll see, and if you've come to the food pantry, you were in need, and God used the food pantry for the need. But if you walk up to people in the middle of their despair, and you start loving them and caring for them, providing for them, no matter what season in their life is, it's just like, it's almost like they perk up. And if you're on the hospitality team or the evangelism team or whatever team or just the food bringing out team, the people upstairs, you're making a difference. So from the very bottom of my heart, I just want to say thank you for serving at the food pantry. Thank you. You're truly making a huge difference. But the world, as this past, the worry, the worry of the world overpowers many people. And that's what it says right before that. But it says this, but seek God's kingdom and these things will be added to you. When you prioritize our life around the needs versus wants, we will have a different perspective. The word seek there means to be plotting one's life. All right, so, when it, when it, so let's translate this. What does it mean to seek God's kingdom? So what does it mean? It means to plot one's life around God's what? Kingdom. Plot your life around God's kingdom and he'll take care of your what? Needs. Is that pretty cool? The world doesn't plot their life around God's kingdom. They plot their life around the stuff of the world, the possessions, and so on and so forth. So I want to encourage you. If you're in need, plot your life around God's kingdom. And if we do, we will be in the right place. Last one is this, and then we'll get into practical. What does it mean that your father knows what you, what, that you need them? God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows what you need before you know what you need. He knows what you need before you know what you what, need. Why? Because he's omniscient. He knows everything. He's all filled with knowledge so that we can trust him. So if he knows it, we need to make sure we trust him in it. So, all right, here we go. So that's the theological mindset. Now we need to get into the warnings of this. Because many times we think, okay, if God's going to provide my needs, I can do whatever I want to do. Wrong. So here are some warning with inside these need ideas. All right, so number one, we need to be warned, and these are some do not statements. Trusting God with your needs, is what we're talking about today, does not mean being enabled by the way of sluggardness, by relying on others, other people's humble generosity, and not enabling yourself to work to eat. I'm going to read that again. This is a warning. We need to trust God with our needs, but it does not mean this. Enabling ourselves to be a sluggard, as the pastors are basically, what is my favorite word? You're a what? Slacker. Okay, so don't be a slacker by relying on other people's humble generosity and not enabling yourself to work to eat. Check out these verses. Proverbs chapter 13, it says this. The soul of a sluggard craves to get and gets what? Craves and gets what? It's on the screen. Craves and gets what? Nothing. All right, just make sure you're awake. While, soul, while the soul of the diligent 
is richly what? Supplied. Proverbs 18. Whoever is slack in the work is a brother to him who destroys. Proverbs 24. I pass by a field of a who? Of a slacker. Thank you, Wes. A sluggard, a slacker. By the vineyard of a man, um, of a man lacks who's lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns and grown and grown and covered with needles. And its stones, walls were broken down. And I saw and considered, and I what? I considered it. That's what we need to do. We need to consider our life when things are out of control. We need to consider these things, kind of like it talked about in Luke. We need to consider these things. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands uh, at, at to rest, and poverty will come to you like a robber and, and, and want like an armed man. And then verse, and 2 Thessalonians says this. We'll be probably talking more in depth of this in about three weeks. Here we go. For even when you, and even when I was with you, we were willing to what? If you're not willing to work, let him not what? Eat. For we hear some of you are walking in idleness. What's the word? Being a slacker. Not busy at work, but busy body. So hear me close. Hear me. So we need to trust God, but we need to trust God while we what work. Now I'm going to say this: If you are physically able to work, go to work. Got it? Get to work. But if I'm on welfare, if I'm on all this stuff, I make more money from the government. Well. Yes, that might be the case. That's an issue all by itself. But work, work, work. Be a contributor to society, um, not a consumer of it. But also, if you are physically unable to work, maybe you're on disability, you've got some health-related issues or whatever, come alongside and somehow support the people who are working. Maybe it's encouragement or prayer, whatever it might be. Work in a spiritual sense. But here's the Bottom line is this, if you are worried about food, go to work, go to work, go to work. By the way, if you don't, if you need a job, come to find out the dollar store down the road needs, needs a job, uh, need, needs some employees. Please go work there because the line is like seven hours long and poor employee there is just like taking forever, but he's a good employee. Okay, here we go. All right, yeah, you got it? Next one, trust God um, for your needs does not mean spending what you have on greedy wants, thinking that God will provide for your needs. I'm going to say that again. Trusting God with your needs does not mean spending what you have on what you want. If you don't have food, stop spending on what you want. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. First Peter chapter 6, it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of what? Evil. And it, and it, is, through, um, it is through this craving that some of you have wandered from the faith with piercing them with many pangs, many issues. Luke chapter 12, take care... Um, 
and be on guard against, we talked about this last week, against all covetousness, uh, greed, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of what? Possessions. So here, here's it. If you don't have food, work. You'll have food that God will provide through your work. Listen, if you're in this room and you're spending your money on stuff and you don't have food, stop spending it on stuff. Okay, all right, so what do you need to sell? If you don't have food, sell stuff and go buy what? Food. If you, if, um, if what, how about a new job? If you have a new job, go find a new job. If, if you're needing to quit, what do you need to quit doing? Just, I mean, if you're going out and have a binger on alcohol and so on and so forth, stop drinking and get yourself some food. If you struggle with whatever your addiction is, stop doing that and provide yourself what God has provided for you already. And then if you ask, if you do not have wisdom, ask God. Long, it's, it's just simply this. You're like, I just don't know what to do. Ask God. Ask God. James chapter 1, it says this, but if you lack wisdom, ask God. And he'll give it generously to you. But ask him with faith, without doubting, because you don't want to be a double-minded person in this. Next one. Trusting God does not mean that you can steal from God and expecting him to automatically provide. Trusting in God for your needs does not mean that, that God's going to provide when you're stealing from him. Scripture easily talks about in Malachi 3, it says, will you rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But I say, how are you robbing me? In your tithes and offerings, in your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. The whole nation, bring your full tithe to the storehouse uh, that you may, may, may have food in my house. And therefore, put me to the test, saying to the Lord of hosts, if I, if I would not open up the windows of heaven and pour down your blessings until you have no more what? Need. So, why don't you listen? It is such a blessing to know that God has provided for the needs of my, my family. It really is. This is not an attaboy. This is just obedience. We have been obedient in tithing 10% of our income from our, my bus account to uh, money here, piano money, whatever. We've been faithful to it. Has it been tight? Oh, yes. But God has provided. And I'm just, I'm just saying, put God to the test. Put God to the test. He'll provide what you need. You might not live in a mansion. You might not have that big car you might not have what the world says you have, but you'll have what you what, need while you are seeking the kingdom of God first. It says this in, in Luke chapter 12, instead of worrying what the world thinks about, of the possessions, instead of robbing God, seek his kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. One more, do not... Trusting God in your needs does not mean you get to claim the where, the how, of what you want from God. Even in this, we cannot say, God, you provide me a loaf of bread. I claim that in Jesus' name. No. 
If he wants to give you a cracker, he'll give you a cracker. We have to be careful of playing the name it and claim it with God. He is God. We are what? Not. So as you and I are needing stuff, trust God with it and don't steal from him and don't claim that he needs to provide it now. We must trust in the sufficiency of God that he'll care and he'll know a plan because he is Jehovah Jireh and he will provide. So, all right, those are the nuts. You ready for the, the positive side of these? So don't do those things. You with me? Now we get to be encouraged with the positive things. You ready for this? You will go through unexpected trials of many kind. Um, you're like, Dave, I thought this was going to be encouraging. It is. It is. So when we go through our times of need, ladies and gentlemen, just know that it's a season of trialing, and it's actually a gift of God. We said this like six months ago. Manure happens. Crap happens. And as we know, manure is a form of growth substance that's in the soil. And it, God's given us manure. Can I get an amen on that? Which results in this. When we're in need, it does mean that we'll go through trials, but this should strengthen our hope in God's what? In God's joy. So seek first his kingdom. James chapter 1. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, that you will know and the testing of your faith will produce steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking what? Nothing. So be encouraged that when you go through the times of need, you get to experience God's joy. Not only that, we, same statement, we get to experience God's love. God's love. Romans chapter 5, 3 through 5, it says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our what? We rejoice in our what? Not only that, but we rejoice in our what? sufferings knowing that suffering produces what endurance and endurance produces what character and character produces what hope and hope does not put us to shame why because god because of god's what god's what we go through all of this stuff because he loves you all right how many guys are would you say are good parents raise your hand good parents all right, I, I kind of have my hand down. Maybe. We'll, we'll find out in a few years when my kids are old. We'll see. If, all right. Am I a good parent? I think I am. Why? Because I provide what my kids need. My kids are spoiled. I mean, it's just because of Rachel. I mean, I just want to live, let them live in poverty and make sure that... Uh, that's a discussion for another day. All right. My kids are spoiled. They have everything that they need. <sighs> difference between my wife and I, here's a, um, um, a contentious thing. Whenever my kids come downstairs and we have literally 762 bags of chips in storage ready for them to partake in at any time, and they come down the stairs and they said, Mom, when you go to the store, can you get me this? And she immediately pulls out her phone and types in, I will get at Walmart or Aldi's what they want. I'm like, there's chips right there. 
I've already provided the chips. If you do not eat the chips, they will grow what? Stale. But on both sides, we love them. Rachel loves them because not only does she want to provide their need and a want all at the same time because God can provide it and she can too, but I also love my kids and I said, no! Are both love, but it's depending on the season that you go through. When we go through the season of trials of many kind, God might say, no, I'm going to help you endure and have character and hope. Why? Because I, because I love you. And then other side is God says, yes. And you're like, where did that come from? Because I love you. But we can't claim that both of them are right or wrong other than just knowing that they're both good. They're both good. Because um, he's poured out the Holy Spirit that he has given us. All right, next. We will go through trials, unexpected, that will strengthen our hope, as it talked about in Romans chapter 5, but we'll have faith in God's presence. Oh, my gracious me. Um, talk about needs. There have been many times in my family that it's just like, I don't know how, X, Y, and Z. I need this, X, Y, and Z. Like, legitimately, not one of these prosperity things. I just need. It's the most beautiful time that I, knock on wood, however that works, I don't want to experience it again. <laughs> but it's one of these, I don't want to go through the time of need, but the presence of God's peace during that time is just like, it's tangible. It's just like, you're here. You're here with me in the time of my need. And how beautiful that is that we can trust him, that he's with us when and at all times. Need or prosperity anywhere, he's with us, his presence. I love what the psalmist says in verse 139. And I want you to hear me. I'm going to read this, and maybe you are in the season of need right now, and you don't feel the presence of God Read this and understand with me that he's there with you now. When we seek his kingdom, when we remove the worry from our heart and just say, there you are. It says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from God? Where, where can I flee from your what? From your what? If I go into the heavens, what? You are there. If I make my bed in the depths, what? You are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle as far, uh, far in the, of the sea, even there you, your hand will what? Guide me. Your right hand will hold me. That's his powerful right hand of authority he's referring to. He's going to hold us fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. Oh, church, listen closely. Wherever you're at, whatever season of darkness, need or despair, he is there. Never forget that. 
also need to know that last one, and then we'll close. You will go through unexpected trials of many kind. And during this time, it'll strengthen your heart. It's God's power. So seek his kingdom. It's, it's just so beautiful. And it, we could line up all hundred of you guys right now and just say, hey, tell of a moment that God provided supernaturally to your life. We'll be here for days. But just remember those things. And here's a tip. When every experience God's power in some way, write it down. Why? Because when we go through trials of many kind, when we do, we need to come back and to remember God's sovereign love and his power upon us. Why? Because he loves us. His presence is almost tangible. So, I'm going to read this story about a need of a massive group of people, and then we'll close. And I want you to think of yourself as one of the 5,000. It's the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Because in the middle of this, you'll, you'll see the angst of the disciples saying, they're hungry, we do not have but God. God is Jehovah what? Jireh. He will provide. We have to be careful about the claiming of things. We need to be careful about stealing from God. We need to be careful about those things, but we need to trust God that he loves us. He's going to provide for us. He's all sufficient in everything because he is Jehovah Jireh. So here's the story. When Jesus heard what has happened, he he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place, and hearing, hearing from the crowd, um, and he landed, and he saw such a, crowd, a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed the sick. At, at evening time, the, the disciples approached him and, and came to him and said, um, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds, what? So that they can go, under their own power, they're saying, to the villages and buy themselves some food. In other words, Jesus, they're being, they're, they're just being a nuisance. We just had a cool moment over there. Now they're here and they're needing you. So just send them away. They can need you tomorrow. But the presence of God was there through Jesus Christ. His presence was there. They did not need to go away. They need to be right where they are at. And Jesus replied, they do not need to what? They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Look at me. You and I with inside of our own power, food pantry, money, supplies, the stuff that we have, we don't have enough to provide for the entire world, but we can provide for one. And we know part of the story, the fish and the loaves, it's just like, this is all we have. And Jesus is like, no, I'm all that you need. Give me what you have, and I'll take care of the rest. And then they said, we only have five loaves um, of bread and two fish. And, and they answered, and he answered, bring them here. 
And he said, Direct the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fishes, he looked to where? Heaven. He looked to the Father. And I wish I was there to be able to listen to the prayer. I wish I was there to listen to and to see the anguish and the wow of the disciples. I want, but it just says this. And he looked up to heaven and he gave what? Please listen, 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 listen. When you're going through a place of despair, when we know that he's Jehovah Jireh, why don't we thank God before the provision, knowing that he will what? Provide. God, thank you for going to provide the food for me tomorrow. But today, as the Lord's Prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. He will always provide. He looked up to heaven and gave thanks. Then he broke the loaves. And we and he had given them to his disciples. The, the disciples gave them out to the people. And they ate and they were what? Oh, their bellies were full. Can I get an amen? Ooh, I know how it means to be satisfied. And then the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were about 5,000 men beside the women and children. Some estimates said that there were 12,000 people sitting on the grass getting fed by a few loaves of fish, a few loaves of bread, and a few fish. Why? Because God is Jehovah Jireh. Lord, in this moment, we're in need. We're in constantly in need of provisions. And even from the very beginning of this closing prayer, thank you. So if everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, underneath your own breath, just tell God how grateful you are for the provisions that you currently now take a moment and thank God for the trials of life that you have gone through and you're here today with clothes on a house to be in a place where you have food to eat but remember back to the times that you did not have and God provided and give thanks to God Now thank God.
for, your, for the future needs that he will provide. Lastly, repent from the wasted spending that you have spent on that is not a part of the kingdom of God's plan. Lord, help us to live this verse. May we not be anxious about our life, about what we're going to eat, about our body, or what we're going to be putting on. Lord, thank you that life is more than food, your body more than clothing. Forgive us for worrying about the things like this, because we know that the nations of the world seek after, plot their life around these things of worry, but may we instead seek your kingdom first, and may you add all these other things according to your plan and your will. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. All right, give me five extra minutes of your valuable time. You'll probably not beat the Baptist to uh, McDonald's today, um, but I want to share with you um, insight um, from a few months ago. So a few months ago, we did a survey um, dealing with the health assessment of, of the church. Greg, come on over here for a second. All right. Um, and there were some really exciting things in the health of our church, and we'll talk about over the next weeks and months and so on and so forth. But there was something that we noticed as, as a church um, that stuff that we, of course, need to work on, and Greg has helped us found a a. 60-day potential solution. And here's a statistic. Joe, if you could put that up there. All right, so um, here's a graph of the 60 of you guys that took it, all right? So at the very bottom, by the way, this like little swiggly line, that is like the nation average of all United States. So with inside of our church, we have 12% of, our, of the 60 that took it that are just exploring. You're still exploring your faith. There is a handful of you, 46% of you, that are growing, but it seems like there's almost a plateau. It's like, how do I get here? Because it dips down, and then there's quite a few of you that are Christ-centered. So we looked at the statistics, and we're like, so what does that mean? How can people move from just exploring their faith to growing to moving closer to Jesus? And part of the attribute were these virtues that we see. Faithfulness, gentleness, hope, humility, joy, and so on and so forth. But we noticed that joy and love were really low. I think Catalyst Church, we're 
one of the most loving churches on the face of the planet, but maybe that's what I see here, but when we go out there, we just hate people. Let's not do that. Okay, all right. But when you look at this 21 uh, below average, that kind of allows us to think, and now here, you might be, I love the world. Yes, I do. I love Jesus, whatever. But statistically, it looks like they're slow. So we need to move. So we got started thinking and praying about this. We've done a lot of come to Bible studies and come to Bible studies. We have a lot of go to groups. We have a lot of memorize your Bible. We have a lot of knowledge that we're encouraging you guys to take and don't stop. But while we move from knowing more, we need to go to doing more. Scripture says don't just be listeners of the word or you're deceiving yourself, but be what also? Doers also. So Greg's going to share a little bit about what God laid on his heart. And then we're going to give us, as a whole church, an opportunity to actually simply put this into practice. And I'll explain that in a, in a second. Okay. This is on, right? Chris. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Sounds like Verizon, huh? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Can you hear me now? Um, don't get scared away by when we're talking about we got we to gotta do. Okay? Because set out there and I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't add one more thing to my plate. But here's the, here's the deal. When we were, last year we were going through in our community groups, our small groups, we were, we were studying or going over the sermon series. And we would discuss things that Pastor David had shared or whomever. And one of the questions came up near the end of, of small groups this past spring was, I'm getting this, I'm reading my Bible, I just don't know what to do. I don't know, I don't know what, how to apply this in my life. And I got to thinking about that. So I started praying about it, and I went and started searching, going, okay, Lord, what, what is it that can be very helpful for us to take practical steps forward with the, with the knowledge that we're getting? And I found this, this book, this series called One Day at a Time. And it basically is one day, one step at a time. And... I just want to share with you, the first step to take is to get involved in a group. When I came here about four and a half years ago, I knew no one. And I came in here, and I would listen, and I would go home, and that was it. did my stuff on my own. It wasn't, wasn't that, but I was not plugged in to, to this body. And the best decision I made was to get into a group. And now, four and a half years later, I'm leading a group. And so don't think that that can't happen for you as well. But this book is practical steps. We often think that I just I don't have a gifting enough to really do anything for God. It's not the size of anything. We're not all Billy Graham. We have different giftings. But this book right here, the, the thing that's cool about it is it gives you practical steps. It's just five days a week. It takes, gives you practical steps. Just for an example, every time you look at your cell phone today, stop and pray for somebody. Simple, right? That might be what you have to do for the, that's your challenge for the day. It's not hard. And that's the thing, we make it harder than it really is. And we don't have to come up with ideas. They're right here in front of us. So when we come back to our groups, we can talk about what did God do this week? And I'm telling you, when you can see God work in your life. But when you've got those things that happen, what do you want to do? You want to tell somebody, right? And when you tell somebody, that encourages them. And that's part of what group can do as well, is bring that encouragement to see not only what God is doing in your life, but what he's doing in the other people in the life. And then what could he do in this church if we're all doing that together? 100%, 100%. So um, here's the challenge. 
They're $5 each. They're available on that table out there. They're normally like $19 each. So the Catalyst Church, because of your faithful giving, we're able to do this. It is 12 weeks, five days a week. It's easy. Do it in the morning, all right? So if this means that you're a slow reader like me, that'll take like 10 minutes, all right? If you're a quick reader like Greg, it'll take you five minutes. Notice no, the, book, the book is little. Yeah, so the little. Not, we're and not this, talking watch, about a watch long this. Here's, here's a chapter one. <laughs> you got it's, it? Doesn't take one. Long. All right, there you go. And at the end, there's a question and a challenge. So here, here's my ask. At Catalyst Church, we, are, we want to be an equipping church. If you're like, hey... I just want to, I'm good, I'm already loving people, or I just don't want to love people, I don't want to take the next steps, then don't get a book. If you're like, I'm not ready for a group, too bad for you, still get a book and start working through this. If you're in a group, you're going to go even deeper in this. So the book is not the answer, Jesus is the answer, and let the Holy Spirit lead you through. So it's simple this. It's simply 60-day challenge to see, serve, and celebrate people, and it will take you five to ten minutes in the morning. Because if it's a challenge for the day, do it in the what? Morning, okay? All right? All catalysts, we're going to start next Monday. So grab a book today while supplies last. Grab a book, $5, and we're mentioning it today, so you can bring $5 back next week if you can. And then we're all going to start on Monday the 21st, and then... Every week, we'll just re-encourage you to say, hey, we're due week two, week three. We'll say, we need to move um, from knowing more into what? Doing more. So that's our encouragement to you. So, Greg, would you pray us out and then go from there? Father God, thank you for um, just this church. Thank you for bringing these people together, Lord, that we can come and worship you on Sundays and, and really every day of the week, Lord. Um, for all the things that Dave talked about today, Lord, may we take those things to heart, and may we be people that not only hear what you say, but we do what you say as well. So, Father, all that has been talked about today, may we um, just resonate on that this week. And, Lord, uh, may we just every single day do what you say. Come back here next week ready to go. And, Lord, I pray that this series, it isn't about a book. It isn't about that. It is about us being obedient to you because you are the you are the answer to everything so lord we want to give our lives to you and we want to do that today and we do that now in the name of jesus amen 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 grab your tomatoes bye